This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Ole Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee, and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee. Dum-dum-dum, College Soccer Nation is back on a Monday in our normal time spot. My name is Matt Mott. I'm the head soccer coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm joined with a big deal, Brian Lee. From the Rice Owls. Brian, it's kind of nice to be back on a Monday, isn't it? It is. It is a nice rainy night in Houston, so nothing better to do than do a podcast, and <laughs> off we go. Well, it's a beautiful sunny sunny uh, evening here in Oxford, but it's hot, still hot. Um, kind of a crazy weekend, right? Uh, and we're back at it. This is week two. She's just finishing up. I think BYU and Colorado are playing as we speak, but for the most part, the games are done for the weekend, and it's been another wild and crazy um, start to the season. Um, but we, we decided as a podcast, we are going to um, change things up a little bit from a how we talk about um, college soccer. So, and, you know, in football and basketball and everything, we have power five, power five, power five. But in soccer, we feel like there's a power nine, right? Absolutely. Like so we're going to go look at the final yeah. fours. Yes, so we have the Power Five conferences, and plus we add in, obviously, the WCC that is very strong, the AAC that is also strong, the Big East, and the Ivy. So that, when we talk about kind of strong, the strongest power of the conferences in the, in the uh, in soccer, we're talking about the Power Nine and the non-nine, right? So you're either in the Power Nine or you're not in the, the Power Nine. So nine, non-nines, we're going to talk about it like that. I love it. That's a good. good little description, Matt, that more more correctly describes college soccer than us wandering around calling it a power five. Yeah. And I also think that um, we, we are kind of getting back to our format. So we have we do have a power five tonight that I think is kind of a cool one. I thought it was a fun little idea. But what we're doing for Brian and I will do later in the show is the uh, power five or top five um, brands brands in the world. So I'm anxious to see what yours are compared to mine. So worldwide brands yeah, is what we're doing. So we'll see how that goes. Exercise. Love it. Yes. Yes. Enjoyed it. And then um, we're also going to kind of structure it back the way we used to during the season last year, where we have a team of the week. We have a power nine team of the week and a non power nine team of the week. And then we have an upset a week that we'll go over with, uh, with uh, coach church here. When, when we bring him on the guest tonight, very excited, Eric Bell, from the TCU Horn Frogs, who's having, off to another great start and uh, has done such a wonderful job there. So we'll chat with him for a while. Uh, he'll be our guest. And then, um, and obviously Coach Church will be along here shortly. But the topic we want to talk about in the open hey is guys, my- the disappointment that is the U.S. U-20 World Cup tournament. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's happened before. Like it has. He's in a first at the 17s and 20s levels. We're not exactly ruling the roost the way we do with the full time full team, but uh, this is just another round of oh boy, we've all been sitting back saying eventually we're going to struggle to win World Cups consistently and win Olympics consistently, and this while we thought it was a super talented team going, we kind of flamed out. Yeah, you know it's hard to look at that team of nineteen and twenty year olds and think. This team can't compete with the best in the world, is it not? 
the best in the world. We couldn't compete with the best in our group. No, I no, no. I'm saying before the tournament started. Yeah, absolutely. before the tournament started, you look at that team. I mean, maybe we're maybe we're biased. I don't know because we live in this country and we see these guys and we play against them and we know they're just unbelievably um, gifted soccer players. But the ineptitude of us to be able to get through our group uh, was just shocking and sad. And um, you know, at, at in any tournament when it's like this, you look at the top first and. My question would be if you're in a tournament to win it and it is group play, you have to, you have to win the games. So I don't understand why. And I don't know. I didn't talk to any of the coaches. I, I haven't had any insider knowledge, but this is just a, a person watching the games. Why are we squad rotation and, and group play when we have plenty of rest between games, when we know we have to win? Can you answer that coach Lee? I, I cannot answer that, you know, and we, you can squat rotate a little, but I, it, it probably could have been chosen a little wiser, you know, with, it, I thought it was a vast underestimation of Holland and their youth Absolutely. system to throw out our B team. And that was a total fair result. And our B team still very, very good players, but the A group's got four or five seemingly future full national team potential players and real steady ones uh, yeah. and including a goalkeeper and two forwards and, you know, some of the crucial positions. So disappointing. And then Japan just too good for us in the third, even if it is our, our best squad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when you go down to Holland like that and lose to Holland, like you've put yourself such behind the eight ball now. And, and for, I mean, I don't know do if we beat him with our full team or not, our top team or not, but shoot, you got to at least give yourself a chance, right? It's just shocking. to And again, this is no disrespect to anybody. I don't know what their periodization is. I don't know what, you know, maybe players weren't playing. I, I don't know the reason. I haven't talked to any of them. But just an outsider looking in to look at that lineup they put up against Holland. And and then the way that we performed was just um, eye-catching, shocking, and, and quite honestly disappointing um, for a U.S. fan and someone who, you know, supports – our youth system, our youth system, and certainly supports our national team. Um, and I hate when we're not, you know, fighting for a, a a trophy. And and clearly, we went out way too early with the quality of the team. I think. Well, I think I think Holland duped us a little. They'd taken a training trip to France, right? And I think we played mm -hmm. Holland and handled them fairly easily. But clearly, not the same Holland and not the same U.S. team. You know, where there were quite a few changes from the, the group that went on the practice tour, you know, and historically, I do think when we play those teams, we're not tactically diverse enough to show them who we are a month or two before a World <laughs> Cup and then have to play. And we're just not right. No, no, I mean, exactly. That's the same thing. You know, historically, we've struggled in the 17s and 20s is because by the and it's usually at later rounds, but we find someone familiar with us and they get a couple games to watch us play and it, it, we're just fairly easy to defend um, historically as a, I mean, as a country, especially in our youth players. Yeah. Tactically diverse is a, a really nice term. I like it. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I do know in, in 2000, in the U19s that played in, in um, I believe the tournament was in Florida, Holland smoked us a lot of the same players a year ago. Yeah. So maybe we forgot about that. I don't know. It's, it's disappointing, but it's over. I'm sure the college coaches, have the players back or happy, 
um, and, and they're back in their college systems and maybe able to get a little bit more of them than they thought if they would have made it all the way to the final. But anyway, the World Cup is over and um, U-20s, you know, flamed uh, out, unfortunately. As college coaches, did you see the Spanish forward scored two in the final? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mama? Yeah. You know, yeah. You know her background. I don't. She, in May, she was the national champion in Spain in the 400 meters and 400 hurdles. And the, the national, not like U18, she's 18, and then retired. Yeah. Her time in May would have finished fourth in the NCAA championships in the 400 hurdles. And now she's playing up front for Spain for the next decade? Oh, yeah. yeah, we think <laughs> Alex good. Morgan's fast. Yeah, <laughs> it could be an issue. Whoa. It could be an they're not not just not just running, but she's also skillful. So yeah, kind of crazy. All right, well, let's keep this baby moving, Brian. Got the governor, we moved him up from the mayor <laughs> to the governor today. The mayor of college women's soccer, mm-hmm. Robbie Church, is joining us here in College Soccer Nation's normal spot. How are we doing today, Churchy? We're good. We're good. You know, good. week two of the regular season in the books. So you know, let's move on. It's going to be exciting <laughs> week for everybody. Yeah. Yep. Robbie, coming off a weekend like that, you know, you're the mayor. You're no spring chicken. You've been doing this for like 30 years. The cardiac kids, you got to tell them they can't do that to you. Yeah, Tennessee. No Great win with Tennessee. Yeah. No question. I had our trainer right beside me over there. She thought I was going to fall over. She thought I was going to fall over. And uh, she's going to have to put that thing on my chest and pop. And uh, so, you know. All I know is, all I know is, I'm sitting here with a splitting headache on Monday. Brian doesn't have a voice, and Robbie's hardly standing standing upright. <laughs> We're getting old for these two game weekends. Um, all right, let's get rolling here. We got a couple fun things for our listeners. Brian has decided, Churchy, to add in a little game called Stop or Go. So he's going to ask Uh-oh. you some Uh-oh. questions. Brian, right, explain it to us. Yeah, real simple. Real simple, Robbie. So I'm going to give a statement, and then you've got to say stop or go about it in regards to something in the college soccer world here these first couple of weeks. Does that make sense? And you can add a little comment if you want. Should be pretty, once we get going, it'd be pretty self-explanatory. All right? All right. You ready? We're ready. Yep. All right, here we go. This is <laughs> apropos with Eric Bell and the 7 nil over Santa Clara coming up later in the pot. Yeah. All right. Or Last week, Gonzaga drew Oregon. The pod, pod hosts are huge fans of Gonzaga. Santa Clara's lost to UC Davis and just got smacked 7-0 by TCU. Stop or go, Gonzaga will finish ahead of Santa Clara in the WCC for the first time ever. Stop. No. Jerry Smith. Jerry Smith's on the sidelines. Matt? You know, I want to so bad say go, but I'm going to say stop. I mean, they just UCLA 1-0. They'll be back. He'll sort it out. No question. Um, too many good players. It's, it's uh, you know, we'll ask Eric about it, but I, I think it was a one-off type of deal for for Santa Clara. I can't believe they that far. Not that far for Gonzaga, but, you know, they, I, I'm going to We'll use that as motivation. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you. Santa Clara will use that as motivation for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I'm with you. I just find it an interesting one. I yeah, didn't yeah, look it's a good up. one. Yeah, I no, didn't even look it up to know if Gonzaga's ever finished ahead of Santa Clara, but <laughs> no chance in like the last 30 years. God bless him, but Gonzaga's good. Yeah. All right, number two. The ACC is only willing, winning non-conference games at an 85% clip this year. 
stop or go. The ACC will still be the top league in 2023, but they'll be down a little bit from 2000, or sorry, 2022, from 2021's dominance. I'll go first, Churchy. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I think they are down. I think the the team at the top that's been at the top here for a while is is not as strong with the the two draws between uh, South Carolina. I mean, if no offense to Brian, I know he's doing a heck of a job, but if that was the normal Florida State, do they draw South Carolina and draw Auburn? No chance. Right. So it could be. And now, don't get me wrong, Carolina, Duke, they're Virginia, they're rolling, but they're missing one of their wheels on their. Yeah. De- demolition car is what I say. The demolition derby car. They're missing that fourth powerhouse, in my opinion. So, I'm going to go with which way, Brian? Which I'm saying it's not. They they are going to be it's down from go. where they were. It's a it's go. I'm a I'm a go. As as much as it hurts me to say, I'm going to agree <laughs> with you, Matt. I think it's I think it's a go to, and for the exact same reason. So, uh, you know, Florida State. You know, has started off tough schedule, and yeah. you know, a couple ties in there. But you know, you know that they're going to still be a powerhouse. But I'm just, you know, with all the graduation, um, they're just yeah. a little bit short than they were last than they were last year. But you know, I think again, Carolina, Virginia, wow, those are two teams that are really, really good mm-hmm. uh, in our league. And then we have a number a number of teams right behind it: Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Look at Notre Dame. Yeah, watch Notre Dame. Notre Dame may be that fourteen. Wake Forest may be that fourteen. So there's a number of candidates to move into that that slot to have four at the top. But I still I still will say go. Yeah, I watched Wake Auburn this weekend. I like Wake. Yeah. That's an athletic team and coached by young. Tony. And they're yeah. really young, too. Yeah. And and let's keep it real. 85% clip non-conference. Yeah, that's still pretty good. 10%, 15% better than the second best conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It, the gap might shrink. All right. Number three, there's a new sheriff in town in the AAC. And it's Nicole Nelson with her deputized original gangster, Courtney Sabasco, running the show on the field. Stop or go. SMU are the early favorites to knock off wobbly starting Memphis, South Florida, and Central Florida in the AAC. I'll take that. I'm a go. I'm a go because I watched that SMU-Tennessee game. And what what a great performance. What a great performance they they had. Um, Some... uh, Unbelievable attacks, really quality building. Um, got a number of forwards that ran it, that ran at Tennessee's back. Thought they were good in gold. Um, I, I think they're a team that's, you know, and I know Chris has been singing their praises for a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they're a team on the rise, and I think they're a team that can win that league. So you're telling me you're giving me the option of SMU or UCF Memphis, South Florida. I got to take one of the two. You could only pick one of those, though. We're just calling them the favorite. It's not against the field. It seemed like it it was against the field. If we're going, if we're going SMU um, as the early favorite, I am a go with that as well. I'm a go with that. They look good. They they look good in the the game versus Rice. They look good when I watch them play Tennessee. I'm with Churchy. They had some. I mean, I mean Tennessee probably should have won the game, but but SMU was certainly certainly up for the task for sure. They were. All right, next one. This one will be a four-parter, but it'll be pretty quick. Oh, okay. All right, four-part. Pay attention, Churchy. Four-part. My mind doesn't work in four parts. <laughs> with Brown, Harvard, and Princeton off to unbeaten starts with loaded rosters and coming off good seasons, 
The IV will again receive more bids in some of these. They won't, won't have received more bids, but the IV will get more bids than the AAC. Stop or go. Make it quick. Oh, go. 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 100%. Go. Me too. WCC. Are there three teams coming out of WCC? Yes. Go. There's three teams coming out. Go. All right. Now, so you're saying no, stop. Yeah. I okay. think WCC said WCC gets them. Yeah. All right. No, I'll say go. I'll say go. I think Ivy will have more teams. All right. Big 12 of the two bids in 2021. So I got to get to four? Is that what you're saying? Or three? Yeah, three is a draw. Four. You got to get to four. Let's say four, Matt. Give the Ivy some love. Yeah. I don't think Big 12 gets to four. Early, early on so far. I don't know if I see it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think think it's a stop, right? Yeah. Stop. I think early on, four games in. I think it's a stop. You're taking the Ivy over. So it'd be a guy. Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a go. I can't keep track. Stop or go. All right. Last one. And this is an early season matzo ball. Pac 12. (laughs) Oh, go. Yeah. Pac-12 will have, Pac-12 will have four teams. I agree. All right. Agree with Churchy. It's a go. All right. The last part of the Ivy. Stop or go. The Ivy will win at least two of these three non-con games this weekend. Princeton versus Rutgers. Harvard at NC State. And Hofstra Brown. Does the I will the Ivy win two? It's a go if the Ivy wins two. No, Where, stop. Where's the Princeton Rockers game? Mm, I didn't make a note of that on here. Dang, so, not prepared, Church. He's not prepared. We'll it's say it's right. at we a neutral field. We caught him. <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's a stop. Yeah. It's All a stop. Right. All right. That's a challenging weekend for those big guys. That is a good weekend. That's a great weekend. That's a great weekend. Yeah. All right. Stop or go. Unbeaten Samford with Auburn, West Virginia, and UAB left as non-con tester games have the best chance of any team in D1 to go undefeated this fall. They could take a draw. So they don't take a loss. Is that a go or a stop? And I'm not saying they do. I'm saying the best chance of any team in D1. I don't know, churches. Carolina run the table. You're going to beat them? Car- yeah, Carolina could. Um, yeah, that's the team I'm thinking of. They, that they, could. they could, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I they, think, yeah, think Sanford has the best chance. Dude, I think Carolina's not getting through Duke, Virginia, Wade, Clemson, all those guys. not going to happen. I think Sanford could. You're saying could. Could certainly. I mean, they just beat Auburn, so they could get a result there, and they could get a result with West Virginia, and then they're going to roll their league. So I think I'm going to go with a – what is it, a go? Am I going that way? Go? Yeah. I just played them. They're tough, good three-front. Goalkeeper's good. Backline's good. Midfield works their butts off. I think they got shot. I don't know if they will, but I think they got shot. Wow. I, I'm going to put, a, you know, the coaching over there, we got to figure that out over you know with the two yeah true that could be the that, that could be could, the downfall that could That's be the good, stopper boy. that could that make could the be. stopper the whole thing couldn't it you know it could. It i just could. think no uh i'll go with you you guys have seen them you know you know them the, the best um and obviously todd does a fantastic job so 
Let's go. Let's see if they can do it. Right. I hope they can. Yeah, those are three more. Those are three tough non-con games, but they might yeah. draw a conference game. Yeah. There is no way in ninety minutes without an incredible injury crisis. They're losing yeah. a game in that league. What did just put? No, the I mean, so, Furman, did just, Furman the just lost the Tennessee Tech four-one. Who no. in the league is going to challenge him? Mercer, no. maybe. I don't know. I, I don't see it. Greensboro's still there, right? Oh, Greensboro, yeah. Michael's got a better team, I think, this no, year. No, but too. He, aren't they out? They're out. Of, no, they are. They're, they're still in the Southern Conference. They're yeah. still there. It's it's going to be a, probably a two-horse race there yeah. with Greensboro and Sanford. Yeah. Okay. All right, last one, or sorry, two more. This one's a little – you're just going to have to roll with me and take a guess after you listen at the games. So stop or go. In an unbelievably important and incredibly difficult week of non-con conference games for the Big 12, they will win over 50% of these games. Listen to all these games the Big 12 is playing this weekend. Okay. TCU at Southern Cal. Oklahoma State at Florida Atlantic. West Virginia at Auburn. Baylor at Houston. Purdue at Kansas, Oklahoma at North Texas, Texas at Oregon, Texas Tech at Washington, Oklahoma State at Miami, Iowa State at Kentucky, Kansas at Missouri, Texas at Gonzaga, West Virginia v. Samford on a neutral field, SMU at Oklahoma, Iowa at Baylor, and the big one of them all, Duke at TCU. Which one's which? I, I say they're not winning 50% of those. It's a stop. That's a stop, right? If, the, if they don't win 50%, yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stop. No way. I'm sorry to say. There are going to be some great games. Yeah. And they're going to win yeah. their share yeah. of games, but I'm not sure they're going to win over 50%. You can split them a state winning both FAU and Miami. But some of those, whoo, that's a – that's exciting. We can't come in up for the Big 12. Can you remember a Power 5 conference in one weekend with that number of tough matches? ACC probably at some point, but Somewhere. it's hard to believe. Yeah, it's, hard to believe. it's hard to believe. That's a that's something else, Coach. That's some nice research, too, I might add. College Soccer Nation appreciates your hard work. All right, last one, then. All right. Here the real go. last one. All right. Stop or go. On today's podcast, the mayor will reference at least five coaches as the greatest coach ever. <laughs> go, 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 go. hundred percent. That's I've a already go. Done, I've already done one. That Todd Yelton over there. <laughs> I've already done one. So I've got four to go. It's unbelievable these great coaches we have in college soccer, Brian. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's good. Very good. Brian, A plus. Yes, very good. All right, let's keep this thing moving. We got to keep rolling. Um, so we're going into now power nine, power nine team of the week. Who wants to go first? I'll go. All right. And we're going down to Texas and we're going to TCU. The guest that's coming up, they have to be two wins. And obviously the first one that stunned the, co the college soccer world was beating number 16 at the time too. Santa Clara, seven, nothing. And then following that up with uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley, 5 nothing. So 12 nothing. Maybe they got all their goals out this week. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah. And all the so goals tricky. got scored this week. Uh, I so. But that's got to be my power nine team of the week, the TCU right. 
Frogs. My Power 9 team of the week is the Alabama Crimson Tide with a win on uh, Thursday against Southern Miss and then followed up with a huge, huge win um, versus Clemson last night. 18, number 18, Clemson, 3-0. And really a dominating game. It could have been a little bit uglier, honestly. So great win for the Crimson Tide. They're my Power 9 team of the week. Right. All right. Now I make three of these in case you two use the two I've got. I pick three <laughs> and you use two of my three already, <laughs> which uh, this is a little love for uh, James and the boys down at Mississippi State. Huge weekend, probably since James took over biggest non-conference weekend for sure. They beat a very good Lips- Lipscomb team. Mm-hmm. It's going to carry some RPI weight and then turned around on Sunday and Took care of Minnesota and Aaron Chastain with a really organized, good team and beat them 1-0. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Good call. All right. Team of the week, non-nine. Non-nine. I will stay in the state of Texas, and I'm going to beautiful San Antonio where you UTSA Roadrunners. 3-0-1 at this stage, but the big part of it was beating their first Power five team in program history. Derek Pittman has done a great job. Yeah. Number two for the, the podcast there, Brian. That's right. Uh, <laughs> they're undefeated. We'll have a scoreboard. We'll put a scoreboard up there. Uh, but they're undefeated 3-0-1 and just a huge, huge win over Kansas State. So congratulations to the Roadrunners. Yep. Love it. That's a good place to play, too. Great little setting. Cool little town. All right, Brian, you go. All right, my outside the Power Nine team of the week, I'm going to go with uh, Florida Atlantic. Ooh. Nice draw with Miami. Yeah, Turned around and uh, beat South Florida, which has arguably been the second best program in the state for the last four or five years. Yeah, um, I think very good choice. And I mean, you know, again, I think the other really impressive thing with, with um, Miami is, I mean, they're kind of – they're kind they were kind of in a good spot, right? Beat Alabama, kind of and um, and then was you know, and then took a little tumble. So good for them. Good, good, good call. Um, all right. Mine is someone may not like this very much, but I'm going Loyola, Maryland. Right. <laughs> <laughs> with I mean, I seriously, with the big win on Thursday versus Rice, and then to turn around and come back and beat. Uh, Youngstown State 4-0. Very good, very good weekend for him. Um, with two big wins, 1-0-4-0. So Joe Malia, Loyola, Maryland, congratulations on my uh week nine, or sorry, with my non-nine team of the week. All right, upsets. Churchy. Um, going to Bluegrass State, Kentucky beating Purdue 2-1. Makes Kentucky undefeated at this stage. Best start since 2014. Yeah, yeah. It's a good looking start. And he inherited those two forwards are legit that were there. Rhodes and what's the other one's name at? Richardson. Yeah. Richardson and Rowland. Yeah. And then we opened the season with with them. We opened the SEC season with them at Kentucky. That'll be a tough game. All right. You want to go, Brian? You want me to go? I'll go. All right. I'm back to South Florida, American over South Florida. American came into the game winless Mm. for Elon and High Point. Hadn't finished above 200 in the RPI since 2009. 
South Florida was undefeated. They've beaten Florida Gulf Coast, good program. And the lowest RPI they've had in the last five years is 32. Mm. Credit, full credit, American, huge day for them. And it was at South Florida. Yeah, crazy. That was a huge upset. All right, mine is off the beat trail a little bit, but I kind of like it. Uh, Brian, do you know what the name of the University of Niagara, what is their mascot? The Falls? Niagara University, sorry. Niagara University. The Falls. <laughs> no, it's not Falls. Church, the Purple you know? something. The yes. And the, the Purple Eagles, right? The Purple Eagles, I think. There's a Purple Aces. Purple Aces. I remember. Anyway, I spent four years up there in Buffalo, and Niagara was one of the big D1 programs and one that I thought, you know, it would be great if my career could be where I would coach Niagara um, back then in the early 90s. And there was not, nobody was a full-time Division One coach back then. But Niagara knocked off Navy at Navy. Ooh. Um, yes, 1-0. Big win for the Niagara. Purple, I want to say it's Eagles. That's terrible. I don't know that. Anyway. Think, wow. You think if we had a producer, he would look it up for us, you know? <laughs> anyway, he just gave us he'd a have to be, He'd have to be listening while you're talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. True. <laughs> Paying attention. All right. Very good, guys. Very good. Robbie, we're going to big games. Big games this okay. week. I mean, it should be a slew of them, right? Give us eight or ten oh, or whatever you Oh, my God. You, you told me eight or ten. I think I have 15 down yeah, here. Yeah, that's it, about it, right. It, it, some it, of the greatest it, coaches out there probably. Some of the there. greatest coaches in the country are coaching <laughs> these games, too. So I'm, I'm over Brian's, uh, Brian's. But I love yeah. big games, and they start today. Uh, Colorado at BYU probably uh, should be finishing up about now. Thursday yeah. is an unbelievable Alabama-BYU. Uh, UCLA at Duke. Wisconsin-Notre Dame. Clemson, South Carolina. How about, How about that one, boys? Yeah. TCU going to Southern Cal. Penn State at Stanford. Oh, oh that's what, a good game. What a great – and then yeah. we, we've even got – Hold on, Churchy, Churchy, hold on a second. Penn State is at Stanford? Yep, I think so. So a team is, is going to cross country to play a game? <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen with UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten. How can that be? How could a team fly? I mean, LSU was in California. How is that possible? I just can't believe that this team would do that. How can they do do that? They wouldn't do it anymore if they had to do it for their conference games. All these would be ruined. Robbie's list would be down the tubes. All All right, coaches. Penn State, go ahead. Yep. Let's finish up on Sunday. Let's be, uh, Michigan State at Arkansas. Mm. Another another local route. California, uh, Pepperdine, sorry, Pepperdine at California. Two new coaches in this game, Florida State at Florida. How about Ooh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How nice. about that? How about this happens to be another team going across country, UCLA at North Carolina. Happens to how are they uh, doing that? I don't get it. I, I don't know. Do that. One we <laughs> talked about earlier in the stop and go segment Harvard playing NC State, mm-hmm. really quality game there. Texas AM at Ohio State, and the last one is Duke at TCU. Oh, I guess the Ole Miss UCF, you know, doesn't get any love. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Ole Miss. One job I gave him, one job, Brian. One job. They, uh, I'm going home to my alma mater. You know, no, back to Orlando, um, unbelievable. I just, See, I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie. Nobody told me I had to have the hostess game. <laughs> no, you don't. You, you don't. That was you never don't. put in my contract. That's that I had, true. I had That's true. Games. My bad. 
added. I do know now they will not be left out. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, quick All update. Right. Yeah. 85th minute, Colorado 2, BYU 2. BYU mm. has put up 31 shots again. After the 42 against Ohio State with yeah. five minutes to go. Colorado might be legit, fellas. Is that at BYU? It is at it is. BYU, yes. Mm. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's keep moving. Churchy, thank you very much. Great job, as always. Thank Enjoy you. your time with us. Um, always fun. Good luck this week. So you got TCU. Sorry, you got TCU. And who's the other one? UCLA. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just an easy weekend. UCLA. UCLA's coming across the country. UCLA's coming to Durham. I mean, all the way to the east. I mean, Big Ten's least kind of central, but they're coming all the way. It's hard to believe. All I didn't know planes way. did that. I didn't know they could fly that way, huh, Brian? <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Thanks, Churchy. Thanks, Good guys. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, we'll see you next luck. Monday. Thank you. Good job. Hey, oh, real quick. Any words on Eric, Eric Bell? Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, I got to talk very nicely to him since we show up. <laughs> over there. But, but what a what a great job he's done, obviously. And and you know what a what a great human being he is. He he does it with class. And uh, you know, I think he's 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 emerged as one of the top coaches in the country. That puts me Absolutely. number six for a comment of the coaches. So that was that was a go. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that's a go. That's a go. But it was accurate. And I'm all gone. right. Thanks, Churchy. See you, Good luck. All right, Brian. Very excited now to bring in our next guest, Eric Bell. The head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs is doing an unbelievable job down there in uh, in Texas. Eric, welcome to uh, College Soccer Nation. Thank you for having me, fellas. No problem. Listen, we always like to do this with all our guests because, you know, I think a lot of people know your path, but some that listen probably don't. If you could give us kind of start of how you got into kind of coaching and then uh, and then on up and how you landed there at TCU. Okay. Well, this is, it might be long, but. I'll try to make it as brief as possible. <laughs> no problem. So I've, I've been doing this since, what, 97. Um, I was a uh, an assistant at Ashland University uh, for three years, and we coached both the men and the women. Um, and then I got kind of burnt out doing that, you know, coaching two teams at one time. And then I had also had a club team uh, that I coached as well. And so doing that for three years, I really got, kind of got burnt out. And in the summertime, I, I wasn't getting paid. So my contract was going from, what, August through May. And so June and July, I was just working anybody in anybody's camp that would hire me. And so that got kind of old. Um, and so then the opportunity came for me to move on to become a head coach of the Division II program in Indiana, Pennsylvania, called IUP. Um, and I was there for a year, and then I got married. Um, and my wife was living in Minnesota at the time. And she was like, well, I'm not going to be living in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. So you're going to have to come here and move with me, move here to Minnesota. So I did that. And by the graces of, I don't know how those all stars aligned, but I was able to get on staff at the University of Minnesota. That was the uh, 01 year. Um, and then we were there for a year. Then we went to uh, Illinois to be part of Janet Rayfield's first staff at Illinois in uh, 02. And I was there for four years and we had some really good seasons there and parlayed that success to go down to FSU to hang out with Mr. Krikorian for six <laughs> years and was there for six years. And then I came here in 2012. 2012. So you've been there 10? This is 11 years. This is 11 the 11th years. season. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Time awesome. Time. Yeah. Take it away, Brian. Yeah. Talk to us. You mentioned um, the time you spent with Janet. Yeah. What did you take 
from that. You know, Janet was a legend then and is still a legend yeah. now. Yeah. One yeah. of the greats of our game. Um, you know, some of the biggest things was like, you know, I was pretty, I don't know, young and emotional, right? And she took all the emotion out of the out of the equation and just was pretty, you know, thoughtful in her approach. And I still say to this day, if she's probably the nicest person that I know. And if anybody talks bad about Janet, they're lying. So um wonderful human being and you know being thoughtful in your approach was was a huge deal for me while I was there. Interesting. It's good. So all right, down with Mr. Kikorian. Yeah. Give me your three biggest takeaways from your time at Florida State. Um one was player management. I think he's the best at it as far as dealing with different egos and you know massaging players to 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 get them to perform at their best level. Um, the second thing that I learned was preparation. Um, I think his preparation is second to none. And, you know, I thought going there from Illinois that I was pretty buttoned up, but <laughs> I quickly learned that there's probably three or four levels beyond that that I, <laughs> that I had to learn about. <laughs> um, and then, you know, um, I think, you know, I, I worked our, I think what brought us together was our work ethic and, you know, willing to, basically run on the treadmill longer than anybody else. Um, and I think that uh, those three things were huge for me as far as, you know, how to, if I were to ever leave, how to, how to, how to run a program. While, while we're talking about Mark, how do you think the Washington spirit are going to do Eric? It depends how long he's there. Right. And I think <laughs> that over the course of time, he's shown a, a, a propensity to be good and be great. Right. Yeah. I know he's, um, you know, chomping at the bit to, uh, to be better. And, you know, they will be, I, I'm a hundred percent certain that they will be, he'll find the right players and find the right coaches and um, they will be better. And they'll definitely be continuing contending to win the league. Oh yeah. I'm buying stock <laughs> for uh, sure. Um, Matt and I were talking the other day with Chris about uh, how few power fives where they were traditionally on the lower end or weak how few of them in the last five, six years, people have been able to turn around and really historically how, how few of them there are that people have been able to turn around. Talk, talk to us about TCU and when you got there, what you thought and what you did and what were the keys to it, you know, kind of that process. Well, I think uh, you can take it in segments, right? And I think that the first two years are really, really hard. You know, Ryan, my, Ryan Higginbotham was my, my first hire when I got here and we looked at, you know, after we were here for a couple of days, it was like, man, this, <laughs> this is going to be harder than we thought it would be. <laughs> I was about to call Mark and say, Hey, can I come back? <laughs> it was really hard. And I think that um, I made a bunch of mistakes, right? I thought I was at Florida state and not recognizing that I wasn't right. And, you know, I came in like there's a new sheriff in town and we're going to do things a certain way. And, you know, I was really, kind of cold with the players and I had to, to learn that you know, I had to deal with I had to learn that we needed to coach the players that we had the best we could right so the first two years were really challenging um, especially from just a player management standpoint you know uh, difference in, in vision and ideas um, and then you know obviously talent level was different right and the level of commitment was different and so we had to kind of manage that so the, so the first two years were really hard and we got our butts kicked a lot. The next two years, we were around 500 and, um, 
you know, we were able to secure a couple of better players that will allow us to be successful, but we were still defending more than we were attacking. Um, but as you guys already already know, that recruiting is the name of the game and being able to to bring in players that are going to help you win the games are the most important. You can only coach so much. And that was one of the lessons I learned when I was at Florida State was like, you know, when we played UNC, it didn't. I thought I was a pretty decent coach, but they had better players. So it didn't really matter. Um, and that was a, a big lesson to learn. Um, and so the, the second two years, we were around 500 and you know, we were hoping and praying that we could ultimately get into the tournament. And in the fifth year, um, we were able to uh, secure our first bid into the NCAA tournament. And I told the staff and I told our players that I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. I didn't want to come in and be a flash in the pan. And we got to show a level of consistency and a, a level of success. And so we got to do this. This is the minimum standard now, making it to the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, we've been able to do that the last six years in a row, and hopefully we can continue that trend. Okay, what's good. the next step, you think? What's that? You know, obviously, there's further advancement in the NCAAs, but you right. guys have been Sweet 16 at least, maybe right. Elite 8 right. once. Uh, right. How big uh, – you went through it a little at Florida State, getting over that next hump. How hard – well, I think I think that, you know, getting from RPI 100 and something to 60 something is relatively easy. Right. But now if you're looking at going from 20 to, say, nine, that's hard. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. And so, again, we got to find the right players. We got to coach them up. We got to manage them. We got to stay healthy. Right. And I don't I don't know if a lot of people put a lot of stock in that type of stuff as far as staying healthy and having your key players available for selection on game day. And, um, you know, we do a lot of different things from training to, you know, catapult stuff and all these different things that we monitor to make sure that uh, the loads are right and we don't overtrain them. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I hate nothing. I hate more Eric and Brian is when you're administrator, you take a, a bad injury, right. And you go and tell your sport administrator and they said, well, next man up. <laughs> no, 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 there's a reason why right. she was starting. Right. Uh, there's, there's not, right. we don't have a corral of, yeah, we don't have a man up. Right. We don't have a shelf full of all Americans that we, yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Just to change gears a little bit with you, Eric, talk okay. to us about how your feeling is about the new Big 12 alignment, Texas and OU head now and, and uh, BYU and Houston, UCF and Cincinnati coming in so far. Um, what what do you think soccer wise? How does that look? How does that landscape look? Um, I think that uh, we're pretty excited about it as, as, as a conference and as a program. And TCU, I can speak for us that we're really excited about it. I think that uh, you know bringing BYU into the mix is is a huge deal. I think uh, UCF over the course of time has been very good and they've done a wonderful job down there. Um, Cincinnati and Houston are also competitive. They may have a little bit of work to do, um, but um, excited about it. And, you know, losing OU and, and Texas while we would love for them to stay. Well, it is what it is. And, you know, we'll continue to move forward, but we're excited about it. It's good. Right. Talk about where you stand on staff you know, with your hiring philosophy and retainment philosophy, obviously Higgy's really highly respected sure. coach across the country. And right. you've been able to keep him um, for a decade plus. Right. What's your thought process on it as you're filling out your staff, as you think about what I got to do to keep people, that kind of stuff. Sure. 
Well, initially I knew that I needed somebody locally that could help me uh, navigate North Texas youth soccer or Texas youth soccer. Yeah. It's different than any place that I've ever been. And I knew going into it that I needed his help. And obviously he was here as the uh, DOC of the Dallas Texans and, you know, won some national championships. So I knew he could help me, you know, navigate this landscape that's quite different from anywhere else. Um, but now as I look at it, you know, as far as things that I would need on a person on staff, obviously, yeah, I think experience is, is huge, right? Being able to, to, to harken back or look back at your uh, playing or coaching at a power five level, I think is important. Work ethic is important. Um, trust and honesty and loyalty is important. And I have that in Higgy yeah. um, for sure. But for me, you know, you, you need to be able to coach. You need to be able to recruit. Um, those two things are, are super important to me from a goalkeeping standpoint. You know, we have uh, Tom Serratore here. And one of the things that I found to be very important in my time at, um, at Florida State was a goalkeeping coach being able to strike balls. Right? And if you can't strike balls hard enough, it's just a goalkeeper. It doesn't really matter. And so you know, while I was there, we had uh, Paul Rogers and Mike Bristol you know, crushing balls. So my first hire was Kelsey Davis, who could strike a, a ball like a guy. You know, and so she killed it. And then we had Sebastian here, Sebastian Vecchio. And now we have Tom and they've all done a tremendous job as far as developing our goalkeeping core. Um, so, but, you know, being able to teach is super important to me. You know, we're not we're not getting the the players that Robbie's getting, you know, and so we have to develop. them. <laughs> <laughs> that comes up almost every week. Yeah, every week. Yep. It does, it does. So, so yeah, um, develop them. So being able to develop young players, is, you know, that's that's super important. So. Um, all right. Won the national championship a year, two years ago, made the final four last year, and you just put seven past Santa Clara. What was that game like? Here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that you know it's it's early, right? Yeah. It's early. Um, I think tactically, we presented some issues for them um, that they weren't able to solve. But um, I think it's early. And, I, and you know, I, I, I'm 100 percent certain that uh, oh, Jerry Smith is going to turn things around. They had a decent result yesterday against UCLA and only lost yeah. one. No. Um, so I, I think it was early and it, yeah. it was just our day. It was yeah, be, very humble. Very, very humble. That's an impressive, <laughs> impressive, impressive result yeah. uh, that flashed across the college landscape. And again, you know, obviously you guys are a great side, done a great job and, and a tough team. But that. That's a zinger, no sure, doubt about it. Sure. People are looking forward for that game, and that was uh, that was awesome for you. Congrats, yeah. Brian. Yeah, Eric, give us one player who's memorable to you for whatever reason at at Illinois, FSU, and TCU, who's been important to your path. Um, important to my path, um, Illinois. So. I'm going to go with Ella Masser. Mm -hmm. uh, she's coaching. She's assistant coach with the Casey Current. Um, love her to death. Um, she was a local kid that came from zero. That came from absolutely nothing. Very, very, if you say humble beginnings, it was below that. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, but she worked her butt off. She really, really worked her butt off. She became a pro. has got some cats with the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, went over to Europe. Won a, won a uh, what is it, what is it, Champions League um, trophy. Uh, 
just a wonderful human being. And so I have a lot of time with her because, you know, coming from humble beginnings, much like myself, and, you know, you're doing more with less is super important to me. Um, and so um, I have a lot of uh, respect for her and admiration for her. Um, at FSU, hmm, there's a bunch of good players that I could choose. You're going to make me piss somebody off for sure. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, let's go with, oh, man, crap. You got Becky Edwards, you got Amanda DaCosta, Tony Presley, Casey Short, you got um, Tiffany McCarty, Carthy, Tiffany McCarty, um, Tori Houston. Um, you got some foreigners as well. You put a pretty good start, starting 11 together. Yeah, you could do I mean, Jeez. I don't know if I can pick one. All right. But you don't have to. <laughs> if you want me to pick one here? Yeah. Uh, well, it's got to be Jasmine Ryan, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, mean, say she, that. I think that um, again, a, another person. I got a, like, a lot of respect for people that come from nothing, and she comes from nothing in Norman, Oklahoma, and has really turned this opportunity that she has from a soccer perspective and and blossomed and bloomed. Not only as a person, more importantly, but as a soccer player, she was a stud, and she definitely helped us get over the hump in a lot of different situations to 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 have the program that we have right now. And, I'm very happy for her now. I'm very proud of her when she's done and what she's continued to doing out in Portland. And I think she's a star. I think she's a, a bona fide star. Yeah. You guys did a fantastic job developing her. We coached her in youth. Yeah. I was going to say, Eric, did she, did she ever mention about her trip to Costa Rica <laughs> and how that really probably was the piece that changed her soccer career ever? Having Brian and I coach her with the ODP. I mean, I, get, probably, I, don't, I don't remember that conversation. Yeah. Maybe it might have happened her freshman year. It that's, might have happened. Super- it's surprising. Yeah. It's surprising. Um, well, that's awesome. Listen, we'll get you out of here with this. We really appreciate you doing a fantastic job. But give us a few minutes on um, give us a few minutes on um, on TCU and why it's a great place and why you found it as kind of your home and and sure. uh, you know why the school is so great. Right. I think that is for a lot of different reasons. Right. I think that um, quite as it's kept, Fort Worth is an awesome town. Um, it's the twelfth largest city in the country. And uh, there's a lot of things to do here in the Metroplex from a social standpoint, whether it be going to, to sporting events, concerts, which I do quite a bit of both of those things. Um, great places to eat and climate wise, it, it definitely fits what I'm looking for after living in Florida. My wife was like, we're not going back to the north at all. So <laughs> from a climate standpoint, it, it, it helps or it fits our family. Um, now, TCU in particular, I always say my recruiting pitch is always the best. It's the best of best of both worlds, right? You have this intimate um, academic component or experience where you know you're not in a class with 500 people. You're in a, you know people are going to know your name. You got to go to class. You got to show up. You got to raise your hand and participate on a lot of these classes that you have here. And so um, it, it's a huge deal for me. I went to a small private school and I enjoyed that type of environment. And then from an athletic component, you have this. You know, we got a 50,000-seat stadium that's just right behind me in my window uh, where we pack it in on on game day for football, basketball, and obviously they're going to have an opportunity to compete at a, a pretty high level from a soccer perspective and, you know, play some top teams around the country and give themselves a chance to win conference championships as well as uh, uh, a national championship. Hopefully we can figure things out. It's really good. We got, the, big we, we got Dr. Church coming to town here. Some, sometime yeah, soon. no, I know. Yeah, big, big yeah. matchup. 
Big yeah. question for you though. Um, are you a Cowboys fan? Loved. I've loved the Cowboys since 1977. So oh, yes, oh, oh, Darren's very happy. Darren's a huge <laughs> Cowboys fan. Huge Cowboys fan. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, as big as Higgy. Not as big no, as Higgy. But nobody, is. No, yeah. nobody is. Nobody is. <laughs> All right, Eric. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on College Soccer. You did a great job. We appreciate, appreciate your friendship and doing a wonderful job down there. Good luck the rest of the way. Take it easy on our boy, Robbie, yeah. uh, this coming weekend. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Gotcha. Thanks, Eric. All right, Brian, that was fun with Eric. He's uh, he's good. He's he's a sharp, well thought, very thoughtful guy, and he's doing an unbelievable job there. TC really has been, made them an absolute powerhouse. He's been a lead eight, I think, the last two years, maybe. Um, I remember watching him in penalties against Georgetown uh, in uh, in uh, wherever we were, Kerry. But anyway, great job, great program. Wish him wish him the best. Let's get on to our Power Five. You ready? Top five brands. Oh, I'm Top ready. Top five brands. Here we go. So we'll do this again. You'll go first. I'll do mine. Then I'll go. So on. So for your number five is my number five brand is Manchester United. Wow. So, you know, the way I look at it, to have had a nice 20 year spell with Sir Alex, mm-hmm. just be okay for most of the time beforehand and post Sir Alex to have gone in the tubes. For what are you pushing now? Seven, eight years, yeah, and still have such an iconic brand. It's it's really impressive from a fan support standpoint and a business perspective. It's good, of course. I love that one. I would not complain about that at all. It's great. I did not have them on my list. My number five is something that you got me into um, with uh, with uh, pre racing Formula One, oh. and my number five is Ferrari. Oh. I went back and forth between Mercedes and Ferrari, but Ferrari is my team. So I'm going to go with a, a top five brand. My top five brand is Ferrari. Hmm. All right. It's off to a good season, isn't it? It Two is. Yes. Yes. All right. My number four. This is near and dear to my heart. I even have a visual. Coca-Cola, baby. Uh, Coca-Cola is my number four. I'm a diet Coke. I'm a diet Coke, uh, you know, addicted to diet Coke. Drink it all the time. But there's a fantastic company. has stand the test of time. Coca-Cola, number four for me. The, uh, you know, I actually had them on my list. I'll replace them. You want to know where I had them? Where? Number one. Wow. You, yeah. You, you want to know why? Wait, wait, yeah. I love you yeah. Wanna, if your product, you put a steak in it and it eats through the bone in a day and a hundred <laughs> years later, you're Coca-Cola. <laughs> what branding is that? Holy cow. That is impressive. I have never seen you drink it, a Diet Coke or a regular Coke. No, no, so, no. Not surprising. All right. All right. So your number four is what? My number four is something I think maybe you did pick up off me as well. You know, I've seen you're a bit of a fashionista. Lululemon. Don't, 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 do don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Brian. <laughs> Brian, you're like forfeiting this one. No, Lululemon. I love Lululemon. Is I'm it an international brand? You, you they, they wear it in Europe. You can't go any country, anywhere, not see man, woman, child, everybody. I asked Jess, grandparents. Favorite brand. I asked Jess today, my assistant, which she, what about Lululemon? I laughed. We, I laughed and laughed and laughed. And here you are bringing it up. Number four. Crazy. Well, they look, they look good on you, though, Brian. They look good on you. So there's that. They do look good on you. They do not look good on me, but they look good on you. All right, Brian, you're, uh, is it my, your, your turn. That was, All I right. got four. Okay, you're number three. My number three is Starbucks. Oh, I don't even actually like Starbucks coffee, 
But if I'm out of town and I'm driving by one, I pull in and I get a coffee and I yeah, get four pops. I was just that surprised me. You drink it all the time when I'm with you. Well, I like coffee. I mean, I'll I drink understand. it if that's what I got. But gotcha. It, no, their branding is unbelievable. The coffee's not great. Yeah. How, here's number three for me. How about a little place called Amazon? Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty good brand. Amazon worldwide. Amazon. They've done okay for themselves. They've done all right. Yeah. All right. My number two. I think we all, I'm surprised this is not on, maybe it is on your list. My number two is, of course, the swoosh, oh, baby. Yeah. Nike. Nike. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an Adidas person if I'm choosing, but the branding is Nike's way, way, way up there. I considered them for my number one. Then I left them off my list entirely. All right. Your number two. My number two is a little on the Man United stuff is the New York Yankees. I had thought about them actually, but I didn't put them in. That's, you know, for baseball that's only played in the United States, that is a worldwide brand. Yeah. That's incredible branding. Anywhere you look, you know that logo for sure. Well, I think I've kind of dominated you in this one for the first time in a long time. My number one is a little product, another visual called Apple. Oh, yeah. I feel like Apple's a pretty good brand. Well, worldwide brand Apple. So my five are Ferrari, Coca-Cola, Amazon, Nike, and Apple. Your five? My five, Manchester United, Lululemon, Starbucks, New York Yankees, and Coca-Cola. Okay. I don't know, man. Okay. Matt, you don't get a, a A for creativity. You're only missing like Google. I, that, that's like Google that's like Chris's. That's like Chris's list. That was the Chris <laughs> list right there. I had. All right, let's finish this thing up. Uh, what are you looking forward to this week? Who you got? Oh, more games. Yeah, uh, we got local derbies abounding around here. Houston on Sunday. Houston Baptist on Thursday. Okay. Good awesome. People Good luck over. in those. We have La Tech, a team I've never played before. Uh, does a good job. Coach is very good. Off to um, a good start. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. La Tech on Thursday. And then we head down to our alma mater, my alma mater, on uh, Sunday for a match with uh, the Knights of UCF, uh, who's also off to a very good start, playing really well and smacked us around last year. So hopefully we can pay the favor, favor down there. But looking forward to that trip to Orlando for a Sunday evening game. Because I'm done with these Sunday at 2 o'clock games. That's right. So I've often heard you, heard you wax poetic about your six years at Central Florida to get your degree. Six best years of your life. I think just more than six now. That, that, <laughs> that, was, that was after my, my associate's degree. Yeah, so he came in as a senior. <laughs> uh, Darren did mention... How is College Soccer Nation brand uh, an honorable mention? I think that's a good point. College oh, yeah. Soccer Nation, our branding. Everywhere is you go, the T-shirts, it's really Yes, something. it's amazing. All right. Thanks, Eric, for coming on. Churchy was great. Darren, thanks for producing this. DJM Productions, another great – real. another – I don't know, some people may not like it, but I, it was very enjoyable last hour or so uh, spending with you guys and, and talking College Soccer. It's nice we're talking about games and teams and players. It's It's been great. Um, good luck to everybody out there listening, playing this week. Um, College Soccer Nation is out.